Bibles open to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And I want to give you a word this morning. We've been talking about how important it is to be in church. And when you walked in, you saw a flyer on your chair. And uh, as Pastor Chris mentioned, we're going to be having a revival this Sunday coming up for four days. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Amen. And we're excited about what God is going to do. It's awesome to see how the spirit of revival is already in the air. And uh, for all those that are, and I didn't get cards on this beautiful family up here at front, but let's give them a hand as well. Amen. Welcome whole entire family over here. God bless you. Um, we're we're uh, getting excited about it, and it's awesome to see how the spirit of revival is in the air before the revival even happens. And uh, I, I am very passionate about revival because I got saved in one on a Tuesday night. Can you believe people would have church on a Tuesday night? What is wrong with them? Amen. Well, thank God they did, because the night of Tuesday of October 4th, 1992, God changed my life and totally jacked me up in a good way and called me into the ministry. And I left basketball and my dreams and did the best dream, which is serving God. Amen. Full time 22 years ago in October. And I've never looked back. And if you're here this morning, God doesn't want you just to love him. He doesn't want you just to come to church. He wants you to be radical. He wants you to be on fire for him. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to know that he has a plan and a purpose for you. Amen. And that's what we find out when we come to church. So that don't uh, keep that for yourself. Make sure you give it to somebody and invite somebody out for this revival. We've got more as you go out, especially for those who are core members of the church. Grab a handful and begin to pass them out. Uh, to anybody that you know, we're going to be believing for miracles. We've been seeing a lot of miracles happen already as my daughter, that was my beautiful daughter that testified this morning and got healed. We've been seeing a lot of people get healed recently. I'm, I'm okay this morning, Andy. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, thank God. I'm okay this morning. I don't need a fan. Let's just thank God for that. Amen. That's a big, that's a big blessing. I'm glad the cool weather's here. Y'all know that for sure. But our head pastor is coming in of our entire fellowship. Been in the ministry for 45 years, and he's an awesome, awesome man of God. He is Pastor Chris and I's pastor, and uh, we love him, and we're so blessed that he's coming, and he's coming with a, a word for our church. He's coming with a word for you, and we're going to see things we've never seen before. I really believe that. So be inviting people, and uh, don't forget to come back tonight at 6 for our service tonight. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. I want to start there. And my Bible says, before I begin to read, you know how your Bible sometimes has a, a word above where you start or a, pair, a phrase? My Bible says, a vital church grows. Now, probably not very likely that anybody else's Bible says that, but it could be. Uh, this is uh, a Bible that I, that I got that I really like, this Spirit-filled Bible. And uh, each, each Bible that's written with commentaries has different things. But mine says, a vital church grows. And I want to talk about why church is vital to our lives this morning. Okay, why church is vital. Acts 2.40 says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Meaning it's always been that way and always will be that way. How many know we're living in a perverse generation? But this is 2,000 years ago and nothing's changed. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized. That meaning water. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's a big church revival right there. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That's an important word, fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. And before we move on, I want to tell you what fellowship means this morning. What you're doing right now in this place is not just attending a church service. You are fellowshipping. And you are spending time with brothers and sisters. And the Bible says about fellowship, the word from the Greek is, is koinoi. Koinoi. Koinoia, sorry. And it means sharing, unity, close association, partnership, participation, a society of, communi of communion, a fellowship, and a brotherhood. That is what you do when you come to church. You're, you're a, we're a brotherhood. We're a family. How many have come to know that the family you have at church, a lot of times, is better than the family you have that's blood? Amen? Because it sticks closer than a brother. Amen? And you've got 
uh, we've all got issues. And as a family of a church, we've got issues. Every family has issues and has things they deal with and get in fights and get in arguments. But this is a family that we look out for one another. And there's a strength in here this morning. And that word means it cements the believers to the Lord Jesus and to each other. So when we obey God's word and do what we're doing here this morning, we are cementing our relationship with Jesus. And we are cementing our relationship with one another. Now, as I'm talking about this this morning and I'm saying, why is church vital to my life? We've been talking about this for about two weeks leading up to this revival because we're having a big push called Get Back to Church on 20, September 21st, which is next Sunday. And we didn't know when we did it that it's actually a national, a national day in churches called Get Back to Church or National Get Go Back to Church or Start Going to Church. I don't know exactly what it's called. But the idea is let's get back in church and let's make it important. And so it's an official day, and we're going to lead that into the revival. But we've been calling people. We've been texting people. We've been reminding people, hey, you've been out for a while. We've been missing you. We haven't seen you for a while. Get, come on, let's get back into church. And so we're making a push to get people to understand that. So you say, well, I'm here. Why do I need to hear this? Because we want you to stay here. We want you to stay in church. And the reason is, is because we need to understand that going to church is vital to my life. Okay. So let's continue to read a few more verses about the the first church in verse 43 that says, Then fear, and this is a good fear, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now how many believe this morning that signs and wonders are still for today? There is no place in this book that says it was for them alone. There's no place in this book that says that, that, when, that, that when the church died and that those people that started the church passed and went to be the Lord, that signs and wonders would stop. The Bible tells me that Jesus is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's going to be the same forever. If he healed 2,000 years ago, he heals today, and he'll be healing in 2,000 years. Amen? If he sets people free then, he can set people free today. If he did signs and wonders then, he'll do signs and wonders today. And a matter of fact, God said an awesome promise. He said, in my name, you will not only do what I did, but greater works will you do in my name. That means there's nobody that's sick and nobody that's bound that cannot be healed this morning. There's no marriage God cannot restore. There's no life God cannot touch. If I took the microphone right now and began to pass it to some people in this church, you would be blown away of the testimonies of where, when we sang that song, I won't go back. It's not just a song. It's a statement to the devil. I'm not going back to the way I used to live. I'm not going back to be the person I used to be. I am a different person this morning. I am a new creation and I'm not going back to that old life. Amen. How many know when you've been saved from something, that song means something. We're not just singing it to say, oh, what a pretty song. I I believe as you began to sing that, some of you might have had some thoughts of who you used to be. You might have had some thoughts of where you used to be on Sunday morning. And it wasn't at church. Amen. And sometimes you didn't know where you were. Or how you got there. Amen. But how many know you got here this morning on purpose? Because God has changed your life. Amen. So verse 44. Now all who believed, all who believed were together. Not one at one house and one at another place and one on the lake fishing and one at a game. No, all together. Amen. Isn't it good to be all together this morning? There's There's a power in numbers. And it says they had all things in common. That means they had a common purpose. That means they were coming to church for a vision. If you look over to the left side of our church, you'll see the vision of our church. And it's out of the Bible, out of the book of Acts. To evangelize the world. To disciple those that get saved. And to plant more churches. Amen. Pastor Chris and Calandra and their beautiful family are planting a church in the Metroplex. Amen. We're going to have a second church that we are fulfilling the vision of what God is doing in the Bible. Amen. And we are following the book of Acts church and doing what they did. And I believe we can have what they have and we can do what they did. Amen. Because we save the, serve the same God. That's why church is important. And says they sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing. And if you're looking at your Bible and you've got a highlighter or a pen. Right under that word, or underline it, continuing. It is not how you start this morning your relationship with God. It is how you finish. Amen. 
We need to be finishers this morning. We need to understand that it's not okay or good enough to go to church for a while. See, church needs to become a lifestyle. Giving needs to become a lifestyle. Praying needs to become a lifestyle. Amen? Reading the Bible needs to become a lifestyle. There are so many things that we do. Again, going back just for a second to your past, if you were some kind of an addict to something or you were stuck in some kind of a lifestyle before you met Jesus, you had a habit of doing what you did. And now that we're saved, we can't expect to not make a habit of coming to church and being in the place where God wants us to be. We've been talking lately about a drunk or an alcoholic. They, what they do is they drink and they go to bars. They drink and they go to where alcohol is. Can you say amen? amen. That's a fact. Drug addicts do drugs and go where drugs are. So saved people should go to church and do what saved people do. Amen. We need to change that habit we used to have and form a new one and begin to say, hey, I used to I used to get off work. Not talking about me, just a general thing. I used to get off work and I used to go to the party and I had to get to work the next morning. I used to be amazed at the how the especially we have a lot of universities here in in, uh, in Denton. And I know that back in Arizona, where I was from, I, I used to be amazed that one of the most hopping nights of the whole week was Thursday night. Why Thursday night? You got to go to school on Friday. I, the last I checked, school was Monday through Friday. I'm thinking, why did you just pass it to Friday? But well, you know why? Because when people are radical about something, it don't matter what day it is. When somebody's passionate about something, it doesn't matter what time it is. Oh, come on, somebody. It's funny how we are when we're in the world and we don't know Jesus, but then all of a sudden we get saved and they say, you want me to come to church twice in one day? You want me to come back on a Wednesday night? You want me to come to a revival? You want me to get up in the morning and be at church at 10? What did we used to do? And what did you used to do? Just think back for a second. You might have got off 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning from wherever you were at doing whatever you did and went ate somewhere 4 o'clock in the morning. I hopped and, and, and those places stayed in business because of you. If it wasn't for party people, I hop would be out of business because they don't have good pancakes. Cracker Bell does. I just had to throw that in. Amen. I'm not getting paid by them or anything, I promise. Let's finish up this word. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread. Oh, that's a good part. From house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Daily, those who are to be saved. Father, for the next couple minutes, we ask you to arrest our minds. We ask you to let us not worry about anything that's happening this afternoon or after church or, or lunch or anything we have to do. Let us focus for a few minutes on the vitality, God. The importance, the life-changing moment we're in right now to hear your word. We ask you to open our hearts and our minds and we ask you to touch us. And speak to us and challenge us. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said? Amen. I want to read what the word vital says in the dictionary. Listen to some of these words. And as I read vital, I want you to relate them to your relationship with God and how important it is to come to church. Now right before I do, I know the thoughts that people have sometimes. First, first of all, a lot of people may be in here and out there that are not saved and don't know the Lord or are not coming to church. Don't understand the importance of church because they've had a bad experience. Okay? They've had a bad experience. So it, it, has anybody in here ever had food poisoning? Okay? I, I've had food poisoning. And I'll, I'll say where it was. It was in Costa Rica. I've had it once, thank God. And once is too many times. Had it in Costa Rica at a Tony Romas. Not Tony Romo. Tony Romas. Amen. That makes some people sick, I guess, too. <laughs> Ate some ribs, I guess, or something, and got food poisoning. You know what? I've never gone back to Tony Roma's again, but I didn't stop eating. I didn't go back to that restaurant that made me sick, but I hadn't stopped eating. And a lot of times people have a bad experience at a church or, a, or, a, or with a person that goes to church or whatever, 
and they just say, well, I'm never going back to church again. Because a church made a bad example or a person made a bad example doesn't make God bad. God is an awesome God. And there are churches that are trying to do it right. And there are churches that have integrity and character. And there are churches that are striving to be an example of who Jesus Christ is. Amen? Not every apple that falls off the tree is bad. And not every tree is bad that the apple falls from. Can you say amen? amen. And so we need to understand that church is important. And, be, and being faithful to the church is important. And finding a place where the word of God is being preached. The unadulterated word. And listen, this is a place where we preach the truth and we say it how it is and we don't water it down and we don't try to make you feel good and we're not worried about whether you tithe or not because God will take care of his church. We're going to preach his word and when the rapture happens and the trumpet sounds, we're going to be a church that's ready for his return. Can you say amen? There is a church that's believing for the truth. They do exist. And that's where we want to be this morning. We want to be a church that is doing it right. And so I say, hey, why is church vital to me? Listen to these words. Absolutely necessary or important. Church attendance is vital. And vital means absolutely necessary or important. Another word is some synonyms of the word essential. Some, do you look at, the, at coming to church as essential? Of the essence. Critical. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you ever look at church and say, it is critical that I be at, this, at the house this morning? It is critical that I get there. Amen? And, and, and I can see some of you nodding yes and some of you saying yes and others maybe not. But let me tell you something. There will be a time in your life where you will realize it's critical. But I'm the kind of person, and I hope you are too, that would be smart enough to say, you know what? I think I'm going to stick this thing out and be with God and not have to go through something, not have to lose something to realize what I have. Can you say amen? amen. And so we realize sometimes that it's critical that I be there because I don't know what's going to happen. Another word is crucial. Crucial. It's crucial that I get to church. It's key. These are a lot of good words. Key. Indispensable. When you begin to make sure that in your mind church is crucial and indispensable and all important and imperative, all these words are off the word vital, and mandatory, mandatory and a requisite and urgent and pressing and compelling and high priority. Can you believe all these words are coming off of vital? I believe that the church is this important and being in it. And you know what it ends up with? Life and death. So the word vital means life and death. And I say, why is it vital that I be at church? Because sometimes our situation is life and death. I, I can tell you this morning, many have heard my testimony. I just mentioned a second, and I'll just mention to you one thing about it. The night I got saved, it was life and death. I'm very, very passionate about Jesus because if it wasn't for the church... And it wasn't for an evangelist who preached the truth and told me that there was a hell and told me that hell was real and said it in a way that I could understand it and wasn't afraid of offending me. I would be in hell right now. That's how vital church is. Pardon me if I get a little serious for a second. It's serious business. Because I don't know about you. Hell's a lot, a lot, a lot of hot and a long time. And it's eternal. And it's forever. And it's real. And my life was, was changed at church that night. And it was a life and death, urgent, pressing, imperative, all-important, essential, critical, crucial, key, indispensable moment of my life that changed my life forever. And let me give you some news. Not to lift me up, but to give glory to God. If I wouldn't have been at church that night, there's a whole lot of people in Costa Rica that wouldn't be saved today. There's a whole lot of people here in Denton, Texas that wouldn't be saved, not because of me, but because of the life Jesus changed and that there's a key to my life is connected to somebody else's life. And it's critical and it's key that I come to church because somebody needs to hear from you and from me that Jesus is real. That's how crucial church is. That's how life and death church is. Here's a powerful quote. Think about this. Church attendance. This is by Dwight Moody is as vital to a disciple or a believer of Jesus Christ as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood is to a sick man. Think about that. Church. 
one of the problems we have today is when we hear church, just like anything else in our life, if we've had a bad experience, it's tainted and it's, and it's, and it's stained. And so we can't see the importance of it, but we're trying to get back to church. We're trying to understand that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my past experiences behind and I'm going to go forward and I'm going to look ahead to the prize, the final prize. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to look back like that song says. I'm not going to look back at a bad experience. I run into people all the time on the basketball court talking to them about the Lord and, and, and just talking to them about their life and begin to talk about church or begin to f- hear their past and they, their experience of church was tainted or stained by somebody who was not living their life like they should have lived it. And a bad example. And, and, and it's sad sometimes, and I said this on Wednesday, it's fortunate and unfortunate that God chooses to use you and me for his kingdom. Fortunate because it's the greatest privilege in the world and unfortunate because we're some of the worst examples in the world of who Jesus is. How many want to be good examples? How many want people to look at your life and say, there is something about you that is different I don't have? I can't put my finger on it, but would you tell me what it is? And you say, I'd love to tell you. It's Jesus. Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood is to a sick man. Some people claim to be Christians, but do not regularly attend church. Okay? So there's a relation. Now watch this. Some people would say, well, I haven't found a church I like yet. I haven't found a church that fits me. I work and Sunday's my only day off. I mean, there's all kinds of excuses. Let me tell you something. If you really love God, you're going to want to be with God's people. If you really love God, you're going to want to be in God's house. Amen? If you really love God. If you don't really love God, then you're not going to want to be with God's people. And if you have an issue with God's people, listen, it's not God's people that has the problem. It's you. Come on. Don't shout me down. It's the truth. It's because our problem is, is we're always looking at the problem that somebody else has. And, and let me remind you that the day you stand before God on judgment, there'll be nobody around to blame or to tell, hey, they, 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 we, they, everybody else. God's got the spotlight, spotlight on you. And none of the people that you blame for not getting to heaven are going to be there standing with you to blame. Because they're going to stand by themselves too. Every man and every woman and every child will give an account for their life. That's why church is vital to my life. The Bible commands us to go to church. I love it when people say, let me, let me read a verse to you real quick. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let me, let me throw this in too. Not just go to church, but be a part of it. There's, there's people at all different levels this morning. Our goal here, can't speak for any other church... Our goal in Victory World Outreach is that every single person that comes to this church would get involved. I would be happy if everybody was on this stage in the choir and no one was out there. We'd just all be praising God together. Amen? Amen. That everybody would be involved. Somebody, everybody doing something. Okay? That's God's will. Not just to show up. That's good. And that's a good start. But that you'd be involved. That you would love your church. That you would say, man, I'm proud of my church. I want to be a part of my church. I want to tell people about my church. Why? Because your church is lifting up Jesus. Amen. Amen. Your church is telling people about God. Your church is the place that represents who God is in your life. Amen. And so it says, let us consider one another in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. In order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner is of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day of what? The day of the coming of Jesus Christ. Now what kills me and makes me laugh is when people say, that's just one verse. You're going to take one verse and say we got to come to church? Yes. Every verse is important. I don't ever, ever hear anybody say, well, John 3.16, that's just one verse. That's just one verse that God loved the world and gave his only son 
that who would ever believe in him would not perish and have everlasting life. Is there a verse in the Bible that is not important? Is there a verse in the Bible that God wrote down and said, this isn't really as important as this one? No, every verse is important. Every word that comes out of God's mouth in this Bible is inspired by him and has a purpose. Listen to what the New Living Translation says of that, just to give you a little um, cleaner English this morning of of our day. Think of ways it says to encourage one another in good and loving deeds and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some do. But encourage and warn each other, especially now that David's coming back is drawing near. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Watch this. It does, let me tell you what the Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together unless Sunday's your only day off. Come on. I didn't see that. Or unless you want to run in a triathlon. Or unless it's a great beach day. Or unless it's a great day to be at the lake. I don't see a movie. There you go. Unless it's just a great day to do whatever. Amen. In which case you are excused. I'm, I'm reading this is a different version, okay? Don't forsake the assemblies of yourselves together unless all those things, and then in which case you are excused. Because you don't, watch this, because you don't need fellowship as much as other Christians do. I don't need to go to church as much as everybody else because I'm more spiritual than they are. I read my Bible more and I pray more. I don't need that. Who's that sound like? Come on, y'all still here? Y'all read the Bible enough to know who that sounds like? Sounds like a guy I know that's not too good. Who got thrown out of heaven to hell because he wasn't happy with the highest position in heaven. He said, I'm good. I'm the choir leader. I'm 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 the most beautiful angel in heaven. Look what that got him. I need church. Church is vital to my life. Being in fellowship, watch this. I'm going to close up and I'm going to have a couple of testimonies. How many like testimonies? I want to have a couple of testimonies this morning of some people that have learned and realized church is vital to their life. Amen? Being in fellowship, listen to this, is, is proof that you are indeed a child of God. Going to church, being in fellowship is proof that you're a child of God. 1 John 3.14 says this. We know that we have passed from death to life. How many of you in here have passed from death to life? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So some people say, I love my brother, but how do you prove you love your brother if you're never around your brother? And your brothers and your sisters are at church. Well, I don't want to go to that church because we did this before. They're a bunch of hypocrites. We've got visitors. So they're a bunch of hypocrites. Everybody's a hypocrite. Amen? There is nobody that in some way is not hypocritical. And if you say you aren't, you're being a hypocrite. (laughs) Amen. Putting yourself on blast. Isn't that foolish to say that there's just a bunch of hypocrites in that place? We all, the last time I read the Bible, it said we've all fallen short of the glory of God. See, we, we, our problem is we're trying to measure ourselves with each other. When we should be measuring ourselves with the king. And we should be realizing I'll never be good enough for him, but his, his word tells me I'm his child. And if I'm his child, you're his child. And you're his child. And you're his child. And we're all his children. And he wants his children to play together. Every good parent wants their children to get along. And the way we show God we love him. See, the Bible says, how can I tell God I love him and show God I love him if I don't love my brother? You you raise your hands all day long and say, I love God, I love you, God, I love you, God. But if you don't love the people around you, the Bible says you're proving yourself wrong. Because you can't love God. God doesn't want your love if you don't love your brother. Amen. Psalms 133.1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in what? In unity. Let me finish with this. Not going to church. Okay, I'm using the word vital this morning. This is something the Lord's placed in my spirit. Vital. How many Spanish speakers I got in here this morning? Vital. That's the only word I know. 
Right? It's vital. Es muy importante ir a la iglesia. Very important. How do you say church in Swahili? Kanisa. It is very important to go to Kanisa. Amen? Y'all still here? All right. We've got a lot of languages in here. I'm not going to ask how you say it in India because I won't get it. I'll butcher it. It's a proof. Watch this. Not going to church is dangerous because it's a proof something's wrong with me spiritually. It is. Because we always will justify and make excuses for why I'm not going someplace. But here's the problem. We're going to be measured according to our heart. And if in my heart, see, I can tell you stuff all day long. You tell me stuff all day long. We can shoot the breeze all day long. And we can say stuff all day long. But God knows my heart. And if in my heart I make excuses to go to church or to be in the house of God, but I don't make those same excuses for my job or for going to the movies or for a hobby or for some other thing, then I have got a spiritual problem with me. Because if I really love God, the place I'm going to want to be more than any place on this earth is in God's house with God's people worshiping and praising God. Every time I get a chance because it's my passion. Now it's dangerous because listen to this, 1 John 2, 19. I'm going to close with this verse for a few testimonies. Listen to this, powerful. He said these words, they went out from us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Remember that word from earlier? Continued? If they were of us, meaning the church, they would not have left us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So you can't say, and again, you're here, I'm here, pastor, quit telling me this. Yes, but I want you to be here in five years. I don't want you to come for a while and say, I did the church thing and be gone. This is preventative maintenance. Get back to church. When I see people fall, and listen, I got 22 years. I know that's not 50, but it's not two either. 22 years of living for the Lord and serving him in the ministry. And I have seen a lot of people come and I've seen a lot of people go in different countries. And I'm telling you, if you don't understand the the importance of church and make it vital to your life, you are going to lose the battle. And here's the sad thing. Not only are you going to lose the battle, your family's going to lose the battle because you don't just affect yourself. You affect the people around you. And let me throw out to end. We're going to end good. Don't worry, okay? But I'm showing you some stuff that's important. I'm trying to get you to understand, listen, i got to make this church thing important in my life. Let me tell you what studies show. How many like studies? How many like statistics? I love statistics because they don't lie. If you don't go to church for a month, if you miss church for a month, I see some of you saying, I do every two weeks, I'm good. Don't be that way. I already see it going. If you don't go to church for a month, statistically, the odds are almost two to one that you will not stay in church for more than a year. And that's a a trend. Pastor, we've seen way too much. See someone come in and see them come to an altar and cry and change and know that God has done something in their life. And then begin to slowly come in, but then all of a sudden something happens and begin to slowly fade out. Haven't seen you for a while. Hey, where you been? When you get a text or a call from me, I'm not condemning you that you weren't at church. I'm reminding you that we knew you weren't there and that you are important to come to church. And that if you don't come, if you miss too many services, you are in danger of statistics. Being a vital and active, listen, part of the church is something we pass on to our kids. Watch this. Vital statistics. I don't have to go back and read what that means again, but do remember life and death. Vital statistics. If both mom and dad attend church regularly, 
Okay, if both mom and dad attend church regularly, 72% of their children are going to remain in faithful attendance to the Lord. Seven out of ten kids are going to keep coming to church if mom and dad regularly come to church. Regularly. If only, now watch how important dad is. If only dad attends regularly, which praise God if mom don't come. Praise God you're bringing them. These aren't to put down. It's just a fact. If dad comes by himself, 55% of those children will stay in church. If only mom comes, and listen, again, there are a lot of moms taking their kids to church. But watch what statistics say. Only 15% of those children will remain faithful if just mom brings them regularly. Regularly. This is important stats. It's vital to come to church. And listen to this last one. If neither parent attend regularly, remember, when I say attend, that doesn't mean Easter and Christmas or a funeral or a wedding. Those don't count. 6% of those kids will go to church regularly in their life if mom and dad don't go. I've ran into so many people like that. Drop them off at the door. Hey, we'll take them. Get, have someone come pick them up. But if mom and dad aren't making it important, kids watch and learn. And you realize how small 6% is? Yeah. Not very much. So my question this morning is, what legacy are you leaving for your kids? Are you committed to demonstrating to them church is important? Amen? Amen. I want to get a couple, couple testimonies this morning as we close. We've been talking. I gave some, testimony, some examples last week. Um, turn this microphone on. Of um, different couples, the Platts, the Ayalas in our church that have been so faithful in situations. And You know, a lot of times when we make excuses, like I said, for why we don't come to church. And, hey, excuses are easy to find. Amen? How many know it's not hard to find an excuse? But there's sometimes we need to hear somebody else's testimony or how important church is to them to realize, man, if they've been through that or they've come to church or they do this or they have, I can do it too. Because we're always going to look for a reason in the flesh not to come to church. You know why? Because the flesh is of the devil. And the devil doesn't want you at church because the devil wants you in hell with him. It's where he wants you to be. He's stuck there. He wants to take everybody with him. He can. And he knows, let me tell you something. If I gave the devil the mic, he would tell you how vital church is. And then he'd tell you that's why he doesn't want anybody to be at it. We've got some people. I don't, I don't, Don, you want to go first real quick? I'm just going to lead in as he comes. Amen. I'll give it to you real quick. You just say what you want and then I'll add or take away. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know how many of you all actually know me, but my family and I and a big group of people over here on the side, uh, we, we've spent our whole lives in church. My dad pastored our church for 28 years before he passed away two years ago. And... What we found after that point was finding a true fundamental church is impossible. We searched and searched, and so much false doctrine out there, uh, preachers preaching a message that doesn't line up with the word, a lack of love inside the church. You know, after, after he was gone, our church imploded, and we left a few of us searching for a truly fundamental church because our lives are completely revolving around our church family. That's our family. That's all we have. Uh, my blood family, I don't, I don't speak to them one time for every hundred times I speak to somebody in here. And, uh, you know, this is the family that I'm going to see for eternity. And this is, you have no idea how crucial it is until you've been in it, been in a fundamental church, been in a church that was focused on the soon coming king and kingdom business. 
and that that's what our lives are, are here for. Without that, what are, life is going to end. If you don't believe in God and believe in being part of a church and believe in building the kingdom, when your life is over, you have nothing. And for us, we know that, and it was so crucial for us in finding a place that doesn't water down the word, preaches the truth, and, you know, this is the first church that we came to where any of us in our group could have a conversation with anybody in this church, and we were blessed by it and loved it and encouraged us. On top of that, again, you know, we our lives center around our church and our family here, and this is a church where, you know, we, we like to host a lot at our house, and we've had so many of our new family members come to our house all the time, and for us, that's what makes our lives worth living. Without it, I mean, life would be just miserable. We couldn't do it, so. Thank you. Amen. Matt, would you come up here? As, as Matt's coming, for, for our church, they know this. They've been coming about four or five months. Five, I think closer to five now. And it's a group of about 15 people that came in together, which for any church is a blessing. And they've been as much a blessing to us as I hope we've been to them. They, they have just blown us away. And, and this isn't taken away from the people we have. We, we, are, we, we know how great our people already are. But just to see the heart of somebody who has been missing so much and looking. And, and, and me and Pastor Chris, I could actually, I'm not going to, he's already gone. I'm not going to put him on. But he could say the same thing I would say, that we were the same way as pastors. Or actually, we weren't pastors yet, but God had that ordained. But as, as ministers of the gospel, looking for a, a fellowship of churches to be a part of. Because I was, a, in my family, we were spiritual orphans in Costa Rica. We had no church family. We had no church covering. And, and, and to be honest, we got to a place where I said, there is, just like Don just said, there is no church that is doing what the, God, the Bible says to do. And we would go in with our kids' ministry to these churches and try to get these churches to take these lost kids that were getting saved and their parents, and nobody wanted them. And so me and my wife got so fed up with church and thinking it didn't ex- a true church didn't exist that as missionaries, we didn't go to church because I was so fed up with the churches that I went to. And, I, and you get to a place where you've tried so many that you just say, well, you know what, it doesn't exist. You know, and we got to that place in, in Costa Rica as missionaries. And I know Pastor Chris and Calandra felt the same way when we felt when we hooked up with this fellowship. We said, Thank God. There is a church that is preaching the truth, standing for what we believe and, and it exists. And so I know what it's like for them to be so hungry and, and there's so many similarities with Don and Angela and their family and these families that they for twenty eight years, you know, our church has been around thirty five at home in Colorado. And for, I mean, it, that's a long time to be a church and then lose your shepherd and then not have a shepherd to step in and then to have to go be, just go looking to try to find what you've had. And then for two years, they looked two years all over different places. And so they, they found something and it's, it's not to brag on us it's to get you to see how important church is for your own life. Amen. Thank you. Welcome. It's on. It's funny, Pastor just took most of what I was going to say, <laughs> because uh, like like Desi and Kristen, I I grew, I grew up in church. Going to church was a regular thing for me. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, anytime there was a church church activity, we went. Um, like Desi, uh, like, like like Pastor said that um, not going to church was not an option. We went. Uh, the only time that we did not go to church was when we were sick or we were on vacation, but we didn't go on vacations much. So we were always there. Um, after Don's dad passed, um, we stayed close together as, as, as much as we can, looking, searching, looking at new, at, at new churches. And it's um, not the best thing to say, but my attitude actually changed at work. People noticed me at work changing because of not being in that same under, un, under the covering going to church, getting fed the same way, my attitude changed, my countenance changed. And one of my customers came up and said, what's wrong with you? What has changed? Hmm. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? They, they just said, 
there's something inside of you that has changed. What's mm -hmm. gone on? And it was a really one of those moments that's like, wow, what, what have I done so far with what I've been given? How have I been giving that out to somebody? And I look, and looking, and I was, uh, Don and I talked a lot. It's like, we need to find a church. We need to find one that is preaching the truth. We need to be fed. We, we had messages to listen to and to read, but it's not the same being inside right, the church. Right, right. Being there where the Holy Spirit's moving, where you're getting touched, where you're being encouraged by, by, by other people. Yes, we have 15 people in, 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 in our close family. But being here when I'm with Jose, Jose and I are sitting there talking back and forth. I'm encouraging him. He is, he is encouraging me. But when we come into the house of God, looking for God, searching for God, he answers. And like, like Pastor said, being in the corporate prayer, the corporate worship, there's nothing like that. Yeah. So. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Musicians, you can come this morning. I'm going to have one more. If Jason and Becky would come up, I'm putting them on the spot. You can come up together, though. As they're coming, um, we, we uh, as Matt was saying something, um, the, the, the amazing thing is um, we, when, we, when, you've, when you have lost something, it's almost like a debt. Well, obviously, they, not only do they have the death of their father, and this is also Becky's father that passed away, they have the loss of a family and the entire church, nowhere to go, nowhere to run. And so... A lot of times we, we, we think, this, and this is what I really wanted to get to with these families. They, they um, again, have blessed us so much by coming in and, and, and just working. They came in right before we did the judgment play. And it was amazing that uh, we needed nursery workers. And they all, all the ladies just said, hey, we'll do both nights if we need to. They, didn't, they hadn't even seen the play. Right, right. And they said, we'll do both nights if you need that. And that servant's heart to want to come in and serve because not only they know it's right, but they said, man, we found a home. We want to get involved. And they just were hungry to serve. And so what can happen is, I say that for this because sometimes we can serve so long, okay, that we can get burnt out. But sometimes we need someone else that's been serving as well that's lost the opportunity to realize, man, because we, we get burnt out, we've got to realize, if I didn't have a place to get burnt out at, what would I feel like? How many understand what I'm saying? So it's really important. And as, as they're going to say whatever they're going to say, I have no idea what it is. Um, and the crazy thing is, these, we can say, you know what, I, it's too far to go to church. I, it's just too far. We've learned through this family that they said, when you find, their pastor taught them, when you find a good church, it doesn't matter how far it is. Don and Angela are the closest people to this church, and they live in Ponder. That's the closest. Uh, James and Jamie live in Euless. You know how far Euless is? I do, because I went over there to play a softball game Thursday with James. And I was like, golly, they do this every service. And then Matt, Jennifer, and Barbara live in East Fort Worth. It's a long ways. They come to every service. Monday, sorry, it's Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's a long ways. And this couple, this crazy couple that God has really touched and changed, live in Mansfield. Anybody ever been to Mansfield? It's almost Mexico. <laughs> it's an hour and 15 minutes drive. So I say that because there's a commitment, and they say, you know what? We've been in the drought so long, and we thank God for this family we found. We're not going to miss it. God will take care of our gas. God will do the rest. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. Let me turn it on for you, and then we'll pray. Um, we traveled around with Donald and them searching for churches, um, following their group around as long as they were looking. And... Um, Last church we visited, um, God really put it into perspective for us, and she put me on the spot. You know, after looking for so long, um, visiting so many churches that were empty, teaching false doctrines and stuff, you know, eventually your spirit and your body just, you know, you kind of get tired of it. And uh, 
I just decided I didn't want to go. Most people in our group don't know that. I just didn't go to church one Sunday. She decided she would go without me. And uh, I just couldn't take it anymore, just didn't want to go anymore. And uh, we were kind of all at the end of our rope. And Donald found this church here. Uh, They visited it before we came. We listened to the podcasts and things. And uh, we decided to start coming to try it out. She told me with our newly found out baby on the way that she was coming whether our baby and her were going to be in church whether I came with her or not. Uh, So which put me in check. (laughs) And this church is important to me and important to her and important to us because we came right before the judgment play. And for a long time I grew up in church and situations happened that caused us to leave and we had to move to DFW from Austin. And after that, um, just kind of got in the lazy aspect of, okay, we don't, we won't go to church. And I struggled with that after I started going with to Donald's church with his father. And uh, we, uh, I struggled with that, which is this church and that incident caused a lot of arguments between me and Becky because I didn't want to go, she wanted to go. And that Sunday morning of the judgment play, the importance of this church to me is because the morning of that of the judgment play, that message that Pastor preached that Monday. This church teaches the truth. Something I haven't heard from what I can tell ever, even from the church that we went to in Austin. And it did something to me, and I haven't been the same since. I mean, I was, I was not talking to Donald and Angela. I was, you know, had an attitude towards everybody in our group, and didn't even realize that I had it. That message, then the judgment play, changed my life. It changed our lives, and our our marriage and relationship has been better ever since. And I can't imagine spending our time anywhere else. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank